So the example where you have no solution is pretty straightforward. Whenever you see the all zeros and then something that isn't zero, then you know you have no solution. It takes a little more practice to, to learn how to write the solution when you have infinitely many solutions. So we're going to start first with the example that I've already shown you of two variables. Now I made different equations, but they actually end up doing the same thing. x plus 4y equals 10 and 2x plus 8y equals 20. This time you might notice that that 2x plus 8y equals 20 actually just represents the same equation, x plus 4y equals 10. So we have two of the same equations, so we know the solution should be the same stupid line, the same line, x plus 4y equals 10. Now, if I wanted to write that line differently, I could solve for x. Normally, we solve for y because we want to graph it using slope-intercept form. But the reason I'm solving for x, you may recall, is when we said let y equal some number k, any number k. y this time is going to be the independent variable, and then y is going to depend, sorry, y is the independent variable, and then x, which is unlike what we normally do, x is going to depend on y. And so the solution looks like y equals k, and x equals negative 4k plus 10. So either in this form as two coordinates or as x equals negative 4k plus 10 and y equals k. And this is how the solution looks in two variables. Now what I need to do is show you how to apply that to your Gauss-Jordan row reduction. So let's take this system 1, 4, 10 and 2, 8, 20. I've already done one example with different equations, but just so it's really firm in your minds what's going on when there are two variables, I'm going to do another example because when we get into working with three variables and more, suddenly it becomes very abstract and it seems like students tend to just say, well, what do I need to memorize to to do this problem? But if you remember the two variables, it'll help you because we all understand the idea of a line where x depends on y. So if I take this matrix and I want to reduce it down by using Gauss-Jordan row reduction, I already have a leading one, so I just need a zero below it. So if I do negative 2 times row 1, add it to row 2, and put that into row 2, I'm going to have 1, 4, 10 still. And then I'll have negative 2 plus 2 is 0. Negative 8 plus 8 is also 0. And then negative 20 plus 20 is 0 as well. So this gives us the row 0 equals 0, which is the no new information. Nothing substantial here. So that leads us to just look at the row above. That's the only information we have. So we know x plus 4y equals 10. That's just the equation of the line, which represents an infinite number of points. Now the only thing is, for this example and then for more dimensions, we like to use a different kind of notation. We like to solve for x. x is negative 4y plus 10. In this case, we're solving for x. We're really solving for the variable that had a leading one corresponding to it. So I have x equals negative 4y plus 10. And if you wanted, you could just write your solution as y is y and x is negative 4y plus 10. 
because y equals y means y can be anything it wants to be. It's free to be whatever it wants. It's the independent variable this time, and x depends on it. But a notation that this book uses, I believe, especially to avoid confusion, is to say let y equal any number k, any constant k. It's a constant because we're picking one number. When y is that one number, x depends on that number. And so x is negative 4 times k plus 10. And if you want to write that as coordinates, you have the coordinate y is k, and then going backwards, x is negative 4k plus 10. And that's your infinite number of solutions because there's still a variable in it. The variable is really representing y. Any number k, x is negative 4 times k plus 10. That's how you define the solution to this system of equations.